Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Many of the challenges businesses are facing are accelerated by digital transformation. Cloud now is is such a huge conversation, people having their businesses in the cloud, yeah. data in the cloud, and it has allowed people to innovate work practices um, in and internal processes, customer engagement in a way that has really been unthinkable until, let's say, the last five or five or ten, eight years, maybe or so. I'm very happy to welcome on the show Connor McNamara, the Managing Director for ASEAN of AWS, Amazon Web Services. Uh, Connor, welcome to Money FM to Weekend Mornings. Great to have you with us today. Digital resiliency is, all, is what it's all about, right? That's it, Glenn. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to be here. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, cloud is certainly a big term right now. We're seeing you know, we've been around since 2006, actually. AWS, that, Amazon Web Services, been around since 2006. That long but, uh, already, huh? It just seems like yesterday. <laughs> it's become more mainstream, I would say, in recent years and went from being what was considered a very startup-centric, uh, you know, conversation to something now that's probably, you know, prevalent across all sorts of organizations from the smallest SMBs to the biggest enterprises to the largest government and public sector institutions. Yeah. Connor, tell us just a bit about, give us an overview of, of what AWS is doing now, because I know that that you you have your own services, obviously, for Amazon and, and the platform, the shopping platform, but that is just a, a small a portion of what you do uh, in terms of cloud services and, and pretty much any company can avail themselves of your, of your web, uh, of your cloud services, right? Yeah, exactly. Let, let me tell you a bit of the history. So, you know, obviously Amazon was formed in 1995, you know, one of the you know, foremost drivers of e-commerce, um, you know, faced some challenges around being able to scale for the peak selling events around Black Friday and Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so started to really build a core competency around what has now become cloud. And so, you know, in the mid 2000s, we decided that we built a core competency around this kind of hyperscale you know, pay-as-you-go computing model. And so we decided to externalize it as a, as a service. And we launched our first service in 2006, which was S3, our storage service, simple storage service. And now we have over 175 services globally. And we're a, you know, 50 billion plus uh, run rate business growing at 30 odd percent year on year. So, yeah, it, it's gone from, you know, Netflix and the early stage startups would be kind of one of the early adopters. And, you know, we saw even more locally here organizations like Grab and Traveloka and Tokopedia, a lot of the large unicorns. And over the last kind of five to 10 years, at least in my seven year tenure at AWS, we've just seen, you know, it become much more mainstream in enterprise. And, you know, organizations like DBS, Singtel, Globe Telecom in the Philippines, you know, Maxis, there's not an industry vertical or a company of any size or scale that is not touching the cloud to some degree. And we're still in pretty early stages. You know, we believe that only 4% of all cloud workloads are in the public cloud today. So mm. even though it's now big, it's still pretty early. Yeah, it's fascinating to me, Connor. I mean, for the benefit of the layman, you know, you think Amazon, particularly in this part of the world, you think e-commerce. I, it wouldn't even cross my mind to think about web services per se. I mean, for the benefit of the layman, what is it that you offer specifically to, to businesses here and in the region at Amazon Web Services? Yeah. Yeah, no worries. I, I, look, the best analogy I would use is the light switch one, right? So traditionally, if you're an organization and you want to go and, you know, start up a company, you need to go and buy hardware. You need to go mm. and build a data center. You need to go and sign up to a long-term contract with some sort of third-party vendor to supply your co-location services. Whereas now you can just access all of this compute power, database storage over the internet, and you only pay for what you use. 
So I think that's why it's been so transformative because, you know, this, this cost of failure now is much lower. So there's a great saying, you know, the way to increase the pace of experimentation is to lower the cost of failure. And that's really what AWS does and the cloud does. It allows someone in their garage to compete against the largest enterprise. And, you know, with AWS, everyone who consumes the platform gets access to the same breadth and depth of the services, no matter if you're the biggest enterprise or the biggest government institution or you're a developer who's in a, who's in a dorm room. Yeah. Connor, it's interesting. The, um, uh, and we're speaking with Connor McNamara, Managing Director of, uh, for ASEAN for AWS, Amazon Web Services. And it's interesting because many of the discussions around security, people always ask the question, oh, is the cloud safe? I mean, this is a question that's been asked and rehashed for probably a decade now. But, you know, the, the, the bigger in, intrusions or the bigger hacks have not necessarily been cloud hacks, have they? They, they, They've come under other circumstances that were unrelated to things being put on the cloud. So do you feel like that question has finally been resolved and people finally understand that the cloud is actually extremely safe or as safe as it gets? Yeah, look, I think so. You know, first of all, security is kind of job zero for us at AWS, right? We know we wouldn't have a business if we weren't secure. I think if you look at the the type of customers that are using our platform um, and the confidence that they have in our platform. For me, like a watershed moment was, I think it was 2017 or 2018 when the CEO of Capital One stood up at our global conference in Las Vegas and said, we believe we're more secure in the public cloud than we are in our own data center. Hmm. And if you, that was a, that was a big statement at the time. And I think it's much more pervasive now and agreed, but you know, I think the level of automation, the level of fine-grained controls you have in the cloud is just not possible to be replicated on-premise. You know, we do have a shared security model. We own everything from the host operating system and the hypervisor down to the physical infrastructure. And every one of the AWS regions globally, whether it's in Singapore or whether it's our upcoming region in Indonesia or whether it's in US or Europe, all use exactly the same hardware and software configuration and the exact same supply chain. So hmm. that's consistent. And again, if you look at the third-party you know, um, assurances that we have and certifications that we have around ISO and you can be PCI compliant, you can be HIPAA compliant, you can look at, you know, there's a long list of third-party accreditation. So I think, you know, more and more that's something that's in the rearview mirror, although, you know, there's lots of more like partners and so on adding third-party services to support customers on that journey too. And what kind of sectors would you say are more or less dependent on the cloud? And how has that changed, which I assume it has, how has that changed during the pandemic? Yeah, that's like it's been a super interesting last kind of 12, 15 months, right? So, you know, I heard you talking about the, the hawkers just before I came on. And, you know, a good example of that, we have a company called Storehub in, in uh, Malaysia who, who basically were, a, you know, an offline food and beverage provider. And they built a new app on the cloud in 48 hours to connect these offline food and beverage providers to an online customer base, like in the space of 48 hours. We have a a customer called CM Commercial Bank in uh, Thailand who launched an app called Robinhood. And they actually, you know, they don't charge any levies or any kind of ter- uh, charges to the food and beverage providers in Thailand, trying to do exactly what you said as well. So connect these offline hawkers to that. So there's a big drive, I would say, digital banks. There's a company called Tenex in Vietnam where they're trying to connect like 40 million unbanked Vietnamese to this kind of SMB offline hub. So there's a huge move in that space. You know, I would say another big theme we've seen during the pandemic is that, you know, obviously remote working is huge. So we have seen a big movement towards services like our workspaces offering virtual desktop in the cloud, you know, Amazon 
Connect, which is our virtual call center. You know, a lot of organizations really relied on us in the immediate days post-pandemic to, to stay connected to their end customers. So they were able to, one organization in Singapore, an insurance company, was able to launch their call center in the cloud in the space of 48 hours again wow. to make sure they continue to serve their end customers. So that was a big, big, big driver. And this team around resiliency. And I think the other one is around cost savings, right? You had, you know, organizations who were obviously hit by the pandemic and their cost, their business in hospitality, travel, et cetera, declined quickly. And they could just decline their cost base, went straight down because of this pay-as-you-go model. And so right-sizing your cost base in real time was a big theme. And then you have telemedicine. You know, here in Singapore, Dr. Raksa, Dr. Anywhere, Hello Doc in, uh, in, in Indonesia, those guys have obviously gone through the roof and they've been able to scale seamlessly and cost-effectively on the cloud you know, online education for all of us have, that have homeschooling kids, you know, that's been a huge boon over the last kind of year as well. And they've been able to scale cost effectively using things like Amazon Spot, which is like one tenth of our on demand pricing. You know, it's a, a big, big driver of commercial savings as well. There are a few. Uh, we're on with Connor McNamara, Managing Director of ASEAN for AWS. And Connor, when you look at, at, at innovation and regulation, there, there is uh, ongoing discussions about uh, web providers and, and the regulations they need to face uh, across borders, uh, not only within countries, but, but uh, across different jurisdictions. Where is AWS uh, on that right now? Are there, what are the issues that you're facing uh, specifically with regulation and 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 how the cloud is being looked at by by governments. Yeah, look, I think we're we're just on a journey. I don't think we see, you know, when we look at the rate of cloud adoption, as I said, right, we're in the early stages, and we like four percent of all cloud addressable workloads are in the cloud. And I think just general, you know, belief across you know all governments, all institutions, all large enterprises that the cloud is the future and so you know we're, we're working with regulators and governments across the world to ensure that we you know address any concerns that they might have but in general I think there's there's huge amount of appetite from governments and all institutions to lean in and leverage uh, the cloud you know here in Singapore no different and the Singapore government has been one of the most forward-looking I would say governments globally in terms of how they've embraced the AWS cloud and some of the things they're doing around you know, workforce reskilling. So I think that's a big, big theme, um, especially around the pandemic, you know, both in the boardroom for enterprises, but also in governments. And we, we strongly believe in, you know, um, educating the builders of today and the builders of tomorrow. So the builders of today being, you know, people who are currently working in institutions. And there's a lot of work happening there. And obviously the work we're doing with second and third level uh, education uh, institutions around AWS Academy and so on here in Singapore has been a big theme. So, you know, I don't think it's uh, it's it's certainly a discussion point, but it's I don't we don't see it as any any major blocker to the pace of AWS adoption, given the compelling value proposition that the cloud presents. Connor, you've given some examples, such as telemedicine, of of the obvious low risk economic benefits of switching towards cloud technology, if you like, in their businesses. Looking at it from the other point of view, what would be some of the risks to those inter- enterprises who didn't adopt cloud yeah, technology moving forward? Yeah. Yeah, like I think, um, you know, if you ever, if anyone reads the Jeff Bezos shareholder letters, so every year Jeff Bezos, he's obviously now moved. So this one he just wrote was his last one. Andy Jassy, the CEO of AWS, is stepping up to run, be the CEO of Amazon for anyone who doesn't know. But, um, you know, one of his shareholder letters back in 2018, he talked about how do you remain a day one company, which is a, a big proponent of Amazon. And he said, you know, you can't fight gravity. 
and you need to embrace mm. external tailwinds. Mm. And I think, you know, cloud is certainly one of those examples of external tailwinds. And what we're seeing is that, you know, the organizations who have aggressive top-down goals, mm. I mean, I think what's happened over the last year as well is that cloud has gone from a kind of CIO level discussion or a line of business discussion to a boardroom discussion. And now there's huge impatience, I would say, at the boardroom to make this happen quickly. And it's not a question of, should we go to the cloud? It's how quickly and how can we get there really, really fast and, and cost effectively. And so I think, you know, if you don't move, there's a couple of risks. Obviously, this we're in this era of disruption. So your com- customers are going to get served by someone else who's in the cloud. And the value proposition the cloud presents makes it very difficult for you to compete. I think, two, you know, your, your workforce wants to be, have access to the broadest and deepest set of tools. And the cloud is almost like a Trojan horse for cultural transformation in the enterprise. And so having embracing the cloud and helping your builders build cost effectively and, and uh, embrace new lines of business and unleash the power of your front line is a big, big value proposition. And if you don't do that, I think things like employee, employee transition and, and attrition is, is a major, major risk. And I think, you know, the other thing is, you know, you don't need to have all the answers day one to go to the cloud. You know, we have a saying at Amazon, be stubborn on the strategy and flexible on the tactics. And, you know, if you, you believe your future is in the cloud, which I think most organizations do, you don't need to, you know, have this analysis paralysis up front and try to plan every single step before you take that first step. You know, we often, I often speak to CEOs and and boards and CIOs and really the ones who are willing to take that first step and test and learn and, and iterate as they go are the ones who are most successful. What does that first step look like for companies, uh, Connor? that uh, maybe they're doing just fine right now and they don't know what they don't know about what value life in the cloud might offer their businesses? How do they take that first step? How do they figure out if it's right for them or w- at what yeah. level it's right for them? Yeah, good question. Um, it really depends on where you are, right? So th- often there's a compelling event, right? So, you know, running in the cloud is a huge commercial cost saver versus running on-premise. And so there's a number of levers to that. So, you know, many organizations have built up what we call technical debt over 20, 30, 50 years. You know, we had an organization, GE, General Electric. So they're moving 9,000 applications to the AWS cloud. They're moving from 34 data centers down to four. You know, they're consolidating 300 ERP applications. And so there's a big move where organizations realize that they have a lot of legacy tech debt. They're not running very cost-effectively, very operationally resiliently on-premise, and they want to go to the cloud. And so they might move an ERP application like SAP. They might move a VMware estate to the cloud. They might move a Windows set of Windows applications to the cloud, or they might close a data center and move the data center to the cloud to, sit, to drive uh, real cost savings. And that's often a... a position of, of starting. Another one, like I'll give you an example, Union Bank in the Philippines, you know, they saw all of their branches being closed during the pandemic and they knew they had to change their digital front end or they couldn't onboard customers. And so they re-architected their digital front end in the cloud, you know, really, really quickly to increase the rate of customer onboarding. Hmm. And so some customers start there. Other customers, you know, realize that they want to do some big data and analytics, you know, a large global airline realized that their fuel was 20 to 40% of their operational cost base. And that if they could do data simulations and reduce the, the um, and be more, I guess, more accurate on the fuel sim or the flight simulation, they could save two to 3% of their fuel savings, which is way more than they're spending on IT. So it depends. Like the, the, I think the value proposition is so compelling to so many different dimensions that there's no one starting point. 
and it depends on the organization. But I would say the big ones are analytics, you know, new lines of business or new lines of revenue organizations who are trying to grow their top line really, really quickly are those organizations who really are, are under cost pressure and have a compelling event and want to get out of the data center business. Yeah, it's a it's a very deep uh, discussion and, and a broad one. I uh, want to thank you for coming on today to uh, give us some insight into it. Connor McNamara, Managing Director for Asiano AWS. Uh, really a pleasure to have you on Money FM Weekend Mornings today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.